So everyone, welcome back to the show. In this episode, I sat with Lumen Metabolic Coach Maria Fox, and we mainly discuss metabolic flexibility. Now, if you struggle to lose weight, if you are uh, yo-yo diet, or even if you had a plateau, science is now explaining to us that it may be because your metabolism is not flexible enough. And in this episode, we dropped a lot of great hints. So you're really going to love it. But I want to make one correction. At one point, I believe I said um, muscle lipodystrophy, but I actually meant muscle lipotoxicity. So when you hear muscle lipodystrophy, switch it out for muscle lipotoxicity. I was going to take it out of the show, but it really tied in a point I was making at that particular area of the episode. And with that being said, let's get started. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So everyone, welcome back to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And do I have an episode for you today? I have Lumen Metabolic Coach, Maria Fox. And if you are trying to lose weight, if you've been on, you've tried every diet in the world and you plateaued in the past and you don't know what to do, this is going to be your episode. Maria and I met, I would say a few months ago, and I learned about her journey. At age 51, she lost 60 pounds in 10 months. Let me say that again. At age 51, Maria lost 60 pounds in 10 months. If that's not amazing, I don't know what is. And in today's episode, Maria and I are going to talk about her journey. So she's going to tell you a whole lot more about herself. We're going to talk about where her struggles were. Then we're also going to talk about metabolic flexibility, which is going to be the key to this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the keto diet, our good friend keto. We're going to get into that a little bit. And then we're going to talk about a whole lot more. So get out your healthy drink. Get out your healthy snack and get ready for this episode. Hey, Maria, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm really good, Narada. It's really good to meet you for the first time on the screen. I know. We finally get to see each other, right? After talking <laughs> for all this time. Yeah. So let's get this puppy started, Maria. Tell my audience. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your hobbies. Tell us about your journey. Who is Maria Fox? Okay, well, I am 51, as you said. And my journey actually started when I was 50, but it, it crossed 10 months from being 50 into 51. So um, 
I was brought up in the southeast of England in the UK. So I'm in the UK. You'll guess that by the accent, I'm sure. And I am a police officer and have been a police officer for 27 years. I'm a senior leader in the police service, so I'm a superintendent um, in the middle of the UK. And actually, um, when I grew up, I was a really sporty young person. I was always playing hockey or netball or soccer, any sport, actually. I loved sport. Grew up in a, a family. I was probably the more sporty one. My younger brother was quite sporty as well. Um, so I was always into sport, but kind of from the age of probably 14, I always struggled uh, with gaining weight now when I say gaining weight I, I wasn't super heavy when I was in my teenage years but I actually was heavier than I am now which is quite quite something really um, so anyway I finished school I, I still played competitive sport through university I did a degree at university in theology um, so and biblical studies a bit of a, a different sort of subject and then I went into policing and I've worked in I worked in the Northwest. I've worked as a, in crime. I've worked in local policing and neighborhood policing and uniform policing. Um, so I've done a lot of different roles in the police. Um, and the police is quite a stressful kind of role, but I love it. I've loved it every minute of it. It's been brilliant. Um, and I guess that brings me to when I, I hit kind of 49, 50, I suppose in my 40s, I lost weight at the beginning. It actually is quite significant that all the way through my adult life, I had this kind of up, down, up, down, up, down with my weight. So I lost weight to join the police. I gained it a bit more back. I then lost weight again at the beginning of my 40s. And then I gained it back. And as I as I approached the kind of perimenopause time, um, when I started sort of 48, 49, towards being 50, the weight just came on really quickly. Now, I was actually quite fit during that period. When I say fit, I was cardiovascularly quite fit. So I had a VO2 max of around 40, which wasn't bad for that kind of eight, for my age. You know, I was in the top, I think 5% for my age and gender. I taught indoor cycle. I'd got qualified as an indoor cycle instructor back in 2013. So I'd done uh, exercise to music qualification group exercise. And then, um, so despite liking all those sporty things, cycling, skiing, still playing tennis, um, still liking sport, I just struggled to, to keep the weight off. And I would, if I, anytime I got an injury, I would just gain weight really quickly because I wouldn't be as active during that period. So my weight maintenance was solely kind of reliant on um, really exercise. Um, but as I approached 50, the weight gain just came really, really accelerated. And I think that was a combination of things. It's very interesting. You know, I did a DNA test and that's, that's, that's a subject in itself in terms of what the findings were of my DNA. My DNA was, I had a propensity towards stress-related obesity. Um, my DNA said I'd have a likely larger waist circumference. Persistent thinness was very unlikely. So there was quite a lot of things in my DNA sensitive to fat, sensitive to carbs. So, you know, I almost had a genetic predisposition, which wasn't great anyway. Um, and I, I would, I'll be really honest, you know, I wasn't eating very healthily at that point, either 48, 49, 50, but I had all the hormonal stuff going on, all the stress going on at work. 
and my weight shot up to around 93 kilograms. So pretty big. Uh, How much that, is that in pounds now? I don't know. I, I thought kilograms. 206 pounds, I think. Ah, got you. Seven pounds, 208 pounds, something around there. It must be because if I've lost 60 pounds and I'm about 149 now, it must be, um, must be around 207, 208. Um, so anyway, so then, so yeah, so I then had this real, so I wasn't very well, actually. I, um, so in the months leading up to me kind of hitting this top weight, I ended up with um, having a superficial blood clotting episode called thrombophlebitis. And then six weeks after that, I actually suffered a proper blood clot. I had a DVT, deep vein thrombosis. Yeah. And then about six weeks after that, I had an ECG diagnosed condition called superventricular tachycardia, which they wanted to do an intervention around. And then six weeks after that, I just hit kind of hit a wall, burnt out, ended up having to be off work, chronic fatigue in a right kind of mess but at the very same time that i hit that mess i bought a lumen device mm. and i bought the lumen device because i was really fed up with being overweight and i saw an advert on facebook with chris Froome, the cyclist and because i'm a big cycling fan he was using it for fitness performance obviously but in the advert, it talked about how Lumen help you become more metabolically flexible and how Lumen help your body to burn fats and burn carbs. And I just thought to myself, well, if it's good enough for Chris Froome, <laughs> it's good enough for me to try. And they had this kind of 30 day money back guarantee thing. And, they, and it said, basically, you can try this. And if you don't, if, it, if you don't want it after 30 days, you can send it back. So it was really timed to perfection in the sense that suddenly I'm off work. I'm not well. I hadn't got any other way of kind of navigating this, this new place that I was in. And I knew that I had to look after myself better. And here I had this Lumen device that was kind of giving me a plan every day. So the Lumen gave me a structure every day, which was massively helpful because I needed something to give me a bit of a structure around my health. And then I guess it's just fast forward, you know, and then suddenly making those right choices every day we'll, we'll talk about the journey but you know <laughs> I think back now and I kind of think how on earth in that really difficult dark place mentally because I was in a dark place mentally did I find the kind of mojo or motivation to to make the decisions every day to follow the looming plan um, but I guess once you start to see progress you start to get momentum yeah that's right and you just touched on a lot right there and <laughs> i have a few things i'm definitely okay. going to elaborate on and okay. i'm doing i'm gonna do this part through steps okay. i'm gonna start off with the genetic piece right okay. because i growing up i grew up in jamaica um i kind of think you know this but um but people used to say to me all the time like you know i'm big bone if they're overweight they're like i'm big bone everybody my, everybody in my family is big bone I, to this day, still have no idea what that means. But that's, I was like, I don't care about your bone. I'm talking about the fat that surrounds it. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, there was, they would say, that's why I'm overweight, because it's a genetic thing, right? Yeah. So then a lot of us feel like, you know what? I can't get out of this. This is my genetics. It's just what it is. 
But then there's a newer branch of science called epigenetics. Yeah. And epigenetics is you can't change your genes, but you can change how they operate. Absolutely. And, yeah. And the things that you do, the lifestyle that you have, the foods that you eat, your activities, so many things can yeah. go into how your genes actually operate and you can turn some on. You can turn some off. Yeah. And that's the importance of epigenetics. So then now we're going to talk about lumen and what lumen actually is. Because it's not a magic device. It's not something that I just came out of my bum with yesterday. <laughs> it really, when you blow into lumen, it tells you if you're primarily burning fat or yeah. if you're primarily burning carbs. Yeah. And the key thing with lumen too is your morning measurement. Because when yeah. you measure in the morning, it tells you where you're burning carbs when you were asleep. Oh, where you're burning fats is what you're supposed to. Most of us don't burn fats when we're sleeping. So we're actually burning carbs, which points to the fact that we're not metabolically flexible. So when you start to make epigenetic changes, when Lumen gives you recommendations for what you should eat and give you some guidance, and then we have also experts like myself and Maria who are in the Facebook group who answers questions and give you guidance. Sometimes I talk about how you should work out or where you can make adjustments and we piggyback off each other and we help each other and we defer to each other based on our levels of expertise. We, you then start to realize that you can start to break down fat because you have more lipase to do so. And then you can also break down carbs because you have more amylase. Because I wanna say this about amylase and lipase, human beings, Actually, of all the mammals in the world are naturally born with more amylase on average than any other mammal in the world. So theoretically speaking, we should be able to survive on a high carb diet, but there's a lot that goes into it. The way we've eaten over time ruins our metabolism. Our lifestyles ruin our metabolism. And so many things happen that can ruin our metabolism. And also too, geographic diversity. If you like, for example, if you're from the Inuit culture, where there are more of a high, um, high meat carnivore diet type of lifestyle, they're gonna have more lipase for burning down, breaking down fat that they are gonna have amylase. Or somebody like myself, who was born and raised in Jamaica, ate fruits all my life. So there's so many, so naturally, yes, we are naturally born with more amylase, but there's so many things that alters that. So Lumen gives you that reading. And as you start to realize, you know what? I'm eating fat, but I'm not gaining weight. I'm eating carbs, I'm not gaining weight. I'm eating this much protein, I feel better. My workouts are better, I have more energy and so on and so forth. Then you start to realize the difference and you start to feel better. And the, the big thing, you're not starving yourself. In a lot of cases, I hear people in the group complain that they get more food than what they're used to eating, but they, I just tell them, trust the process and eventually, things start to happen. Yeah, I do. So when you, in the beginning, right? Because you talked about how you discovered Lumen. Yeah. So in the beginning, what were you, do you have any like, what were your struggles or questions? I, I mean, actually the ge genetic thing really leads into that. So I, because my gene, I already did a DNA test about three years ago. I did, a, I did one with DNA Fit and that was back in 20. 17 2018 and I knew that I had um, a low metabolic kind of rate um, resting metabolism 
I knew that I had a more of a disposition towards strength training, but I didn't really like strength training at this point. And I had a less of a, you know, towards endurance. And then I had this sensitivity to carbs, especially refined carbs, and a sensitivity to fat, especially saturated fat. And then when I did the enhanced kind of DNA test back in um, the end of 2020, just as I started with Lumen, it came back with even more kind of results. It was a broader test. So it came back with all the physical stuff. You're unlikely to be slim. You're likely to have a larger waist. You've got a propensity towards stress-related obesity, which which all had played out actually in 2020 with my both my nutrition, but also the stress playing into me getting fat quick. I say getting, but I was. I put on a lot of weight in a short period of time, despite still exercising quite hard. Um, but I was also drinking too much alcohol. That was a, another issue. But and, and the alcohol thing does definitely affect metabolism and messes up the metabolic process. There's no doubt about that. So as I got Lumen, I stopped drinking alcohol. I knew all the genetic stuff. So I was a bit like, wow, I've now got to eat low. I've got to now eat lots of fat. So in my head, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I've got to eat loads of fat and I'm sensitive to fat. How's that going to impact, you know, on me? And I guess at the beginning, what I did was I um, I I measured how much saturated fat I kept to kind of track in my app on how much saturated fat, because that was where the sensitivity really lay. But also I discovered during the kind of early part of the journey, exactly what you just said about epigenetics uh, in a book that I read by um, a doctor called Dr. Caroline Leaf. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she is a neuroscientist and she talks all about in her book, well, she talks about loads of things. It's a brilliant book, Switch on Your Brain, it's called. And she talks about um, how we have a genetic predisposition, but that genetic predisposition does not dictate what our genetic expression is. So just what you said before, really, and that actually our genetic expression can be very different if we cultivate a lifestyle that is different. So I kind of, although I was struggling because I knew that my DNA said one thing, the other part of me was kind of like, well, hang on a sec. I don't have to, my DNA does not have to dictate. And it might have dictated to this point, but I'm now on a different journey and I'm going to now start developing different neural pathways because it's all about muscle memory. It's all about how the brain works. It's all about how the metabolism learns to adjust. You know, one of the things in the community that makes me smile is when people go, oh, I can't get fat burning. I can't get a one or two in the morning. And they've only been using Lumen for a week. And I'm thinking, boy, I didn't get any ones or twos in the morning until week five. It's okay, guys. And I didn't get a one until week nine. And, you know, it take the, a lifetime of eating and doing stuff the way that we've done stuff isn't going to suddenly change in a week or even two weeks or even four weeks or five weeks. It might take. And I'm not some people come in and they're really fortunate and they're already in a good place with metabolic flexibility. But I guess the thing is, everybody's different and you can't base what your journey is going to be like on somebody else the other classic one that I laugh at or smile at is when people go what's the normal reading what's a normal thing and I'm thinking there ain't <laughs> there is there is no such thing as normal because what is normal for you is not normal for the next person 
and actually is it, it that's one of the wonders of it it works so uniquely with each of us individually and I, you know i did a video right uh, back in may to try and help people with this lumen is a navigation tool it's a, it's like a sat nav it's like a metabolic sat nav and it tells you what is going on and you've got to work out what you're doing that's causing it to be going on if that makes sense so I said a lot there. I don't know whether that was what you wanted me to say or whether you wanted no, me that to was, No, that was good. That was perfect. And it is a roadmap. I'm, I'm going to use my uh, example. When I first got the product, started using it, right? And I was bulking. I was like, you know, I was bulking up for the wintertime. But I realized something, though. Even though I was bulking, I was eating too much carbs at night. And I never had a map to explain that to me. So yeah. my metabolic flexibility got worse. Yeah. Um, but in my head, I was like, you know what? Okay, I'll... I'll be fine. I'll just do it. And I wasn't necessarily following Lumen's plan. I was just doing my own thing because I've done my own thing for so many years. But then my metabolic flexibility got worse. But then I started realizing something. As I started to make some adjustments with when and how I eat carbs and how much I eat and also the fats, I'm still bulking, but I'm not gaining a bunch of, um, my adipose tissue is not increasing. I'm not gaining more fats. I'm also um, not, you know, not, not, my my I'm 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 saying it it's the way that I lost my train of thought there, but sorry about that. But yeah, I'm bulking, but I'm not getting fatter. I'm actually gaining more muscle and not lean muscle at the same time. Yeah. Because my metabolism is becoming more and more flexible. So my met my flexibility score fell down to like a 14, and wow. now it's like 17 point something where I am trending back up so I can burn both efficiently. So Lumen is a fantastic tool. And I want to stop right here and say Maria has a code for Lumen, actually. Is it uh, Maria? Just Maria, yeah. Just Maria. M-A-R-I-A. -A. gives you, I think it's 10% off the product. So. 15. 15. 15%. 15%. Yeah. Perfect. So if you have any interest, which I, if you're struggling to lose weight or you plateaued and you don't know what metabolic flexibility is and you want some good guidance, a good roadmap, go get your Lumen. You can go to lumen.com. Um, you can use Maria's code and it gives you 15% off. And I'll also make sure that the, um, the website will be in the show notes and the description in the show notes, because I wholeheartedly believe in this product. It is a fantastic, fantastic product. It definitely is. Definitely is. It's, ch it's, ch it's changed my metabolism completely. So. Exactly. And then I want to also talk about exercise because you mentioned exercise. A lot of us feel like I'm going to cut my calories and just work out. Yeah. Everybody no. knows that doesn't work. There's actually the way you exercise also comes down to your genetics and also epigenetics and changing how your genes express themselves. So that's why when you work with a trainer, you need to work with someone who's enlightened and understand these things. Because if you just get into a program, I know so many people do high intensity work who are trying to lose weight, who actually gain weight. Yeah, the world. Right, especially if you're not metabolically right. flexible. To, to, to also, because they're stressing the body too much. I mean, this was the thing with the female, you know, that getting to 50, 51. I, every time, so every time I worked out, I worked out very differently. I work out very differently now to how I worked out before Lumen. So all of my life, I work out, I'm going to smash it every single time. I am going to smash out the hardest workout because I, in my head, I thought actually smashing out the hardest workout, working the hardest I could work 
was the best way to lose weight. But actually, the truth was, and actually it was one of the guys in the group, J.O. Pastana, he's a great guy. He said, no, no, you don't want to be doing that. And actually somebody else said to me, you don't want to be doing that. You want to be doing some low intensity work. And Angus talked about low intensity and fat burn as well. You want to be doing low intensity longer and you want to do maybe one hit. That's it, a week. I was like, what? Oh no, my aerobic capacity is going to fall and it's not going to be as good. Although, and, and the DNA guys, because I'd had a consultation with them, had said, oh, 40 is going to be the best you're ever going to be, really. Well, you know what, Naredo, my VO2 max now is 49. <laughs> so, what? Yeah. So, you know, now top 1% for age and gender. But the, but the reality is, that was because I changed my training. So I introduced low intensity. So I was doing zone one, two heart rate. So 50 to 70%, um, usually outdoors on my bike, usually for around 90 minutes, although it got shorter because as I got lighter, the distance, it was quicker for me to do that distance. So it was 90 minutes down to 80 minutes, but, um, and then I would do at least one, I'd do one kind of moderate intensity and possibly one high intensity on the cardio front. So quite a bit of cardio, but more in the fat burning zone than in the intense zone. And then I introduced, when I got the DNA test back, I thought, right, I've got to introduce strength training. I'm going to do it. And the first two weeks or so, I found it really difficult and I didn't enjoy it. But, you know, once I'd done probably a month and then I also saw myself lose eight pounds in that same month, I suddenly got a lot of positive motivation around the strength training because it was the introduction of strength training that saw the weight loss speed accelerate, my metabolic flexibility increase. And and I also then introduced more walking as well. And in the month where I did walking as well, I lost nine pounds. So my weight loss actually got faster, the longer and the more metabolically flexible I was into my looming journey. And when you compare that to all the calorie restrictive diets, what normally happens is people's weight loss slows down and they plateau because their metabolic rate slows down because they've deprived themselves of calories. And so their body now is saying, hang on a sec, I don't like this. And it upsets the nervous system. And then they can't lose those last few pounds. And what actually happened for me was I actually got to the end, what I thought was my target, because I only wanted to lose 50 pounds. I reached my lowest weight. I was really happy. I thought, great, I'm going to switch tracks now. I was leaving. I'm going to do fitness performance. So in June, I switched tracks, increased my calories, went on to increase muscle mass and lost another 10 pounds over the next kind of eight, 10 weeks. And that was incredible because I never imagined in my wildest dreams that I would reach 10 stone eight. That was like, was just crazy. It was just unbelievable because I'd never been that light since I was 12. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? And this is just a fantastic story and just a fantastic journey. And I definitely want to add on to a couple of things because I want to go back again and do talk about the workout piece. 
We're not okay. saying high intensity is bad. We're not saying cardio is bad. No. But the way but you it, train yeah. needs I was to... Gonna say, but in the, in the weight loss phase, so I'm now back doing more higher intensity right now but still not loads but 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 when you're trying to lose weight you don't want to cause too much stress on your nervous system because actually your nervous system the sleep thing learning teaching your body to burn fat while you sleep your body will burn fat more easily when you're not putting it under too much pressure because when you exactly. put it under too much pressure, it produces too much cortisol, which then causes you, when you're not metabolically flexible, to be in a stress mode, want carbs, burn carbs, not burn fat. When you become more metabolically flexible, you will then burn fat after you've burnt the carbs when you're in the high intensity space. But whilst you're not metabolically flexible, you're less likely to do that. Sorry, there you go. No, you're 100% right. And in my practice with my clients or even with the show, anybody who's listened to me for a while, they know this about me. I take a three-sided approach to my practice and uh, to my podcast. And the three-sided approach is I look at ancestral background. Yeah. What did our, what did our people before us do? I look at science. But with science, science is a great tool. But you can find science that says Honey Nut Cheerios is good for you. So... You have to be mindful of what you're reading. <laughs> That's another conversation for another podcast. And then I also look at anecdotal evidence. How does it make you feel, right? And I combine all three. And I realize a lot of people, they're focused on one. And this is what the science is. Okay, that's great. But are you combining it with every, anything else, right? So let's talk about ancestral background when it comes to high intensity versus low intensity. For one... Our ancestors didn't go running for miles just for the sake of it. They actually walked a lot while they were hunting and they're moving. And that's when your body's actually using fats to, to, um, to fuel you. So that's yeah. the ancestral piece. They didn't go just go running for five miles just because they felt like running for five miles, right? Um, now, the other piece of it when it comes to the sciences, when you're in a low intensity zone, you're, you're, as you say, your cortisol is lower. But then also your body's still using fats for fuel yeah. when you're in zone one or zone two. Once you start hitting the high intensity zone, because our bodies prefer carbs and sugars, we're going to crave more carbs and sugars, which is going to help you to be or bring it to be more of a sugar burner. And FYI for anyone, when you're primarily a sugar burner, I just want to slightly explain this. Your mitochondria have, I think it's five or six pathways. And the um, glucose goes through mitochondria pathways one, three, four, and five. Yes, yeah, so it's five pathways, which are high oxidative stress and high inflammation pathways. And if we think about that, that's why people who are sugar burners tend to have high inflammation, high oxidative stress. That's why doctors will put a lot of people on low sugar, low carb diets when they have a lot of inflammation because it's going through those pathways in your mitochondria. Now, what's key is that the fats actually go through mitochondrial pathway two, which is a low oxidative stress and a low inflammation pathway. That's why being on a high fat diet, if it's prescribed for you, if it's best for you, can help you to heal your gut, lower inflammation and lower auto improve autoimmunity. Like, like my situation with my asthma, I haven't been on medication now for 
going on three years and, uh, and I actually feel better and breathe better than when I was on medication because I wasn't controlling the inflammation. I was just taking something for the symptoms. So that's the other piece too, of where the high intensity can really kill you because now you're putting yourself in a high inflammation, high oxidative stress pathway. Plus like Maria mentioned, the cortisol, the hormonal imbalances and so on and so forth. So that's the, the, the third piece of it is the anecdotal piece. How does it make you feel? If you're doing all this high intensity, but you're always stressed, you're always in a high zone, you, all, you, you just don't feel right, maybe they need to make a change. So that's why what Maria's talking about right now passes my three-pronged test. And if, if something doesn't pass my, my three-pronged test, I do not recommend it for anyone because you need to put all three together. So thank you, Maria. Cool. Yeah, no, it's the the workout thing was revolutionary. I think the thing that surprised me the most was that at the end of it, because I kept thinking, well, it's not forever. It's whilst I'm trying to lose weight. And then I did a um, a 50 mile sportive. We have these things in the UK, uh, 50 mile bike ride back in May. And suddenly I was able to produce a really fast ride at a higher intensity for the three hours, despite having rarely trained in that zone leading up to that point. And I was absolutely amazed because, you know, I hit this best average speed. I was the third fastest ever woman on the, the loop for my age group. And it was like, even though I thought I wasn't improving when I was working in that lower zone, even though I thought my kind of cardiovascular aerobic capacity wasn't improving, I'd created such a good baseline in terms of my fitness that actually it was improving. It's just that I hadn't really pushed the threshold, so to speak. Um, and I work with power. So I have an indoor stages solo bike which is an absolutely brilliant bit of kit. It's got a power meter on it. It has a whole video auto, audio interface, all the profiles working with power, fantastic. And I've also got a stages power meter on my outside bike. So I'm always looking at trying to increase my functional threshold power. That's my uh, kind of aim, but obviously power to weight ratio is really important. I don't know if you know much about that narrator, but the power to weight ratio thing is really interesting because, you know, this time last year, yeah, my functional threshold power was 230, but I weighed 85 kilos still. Um, my functional threshold power has just gone back to 230, but now I'm 67 and a half kilos. So the power to weight ratio is phenomenal um, in comparison to where I was 12 months ago. We could have an entire episode on power to weight ratio because that's that's not a conversation my buddies and I have a whole lot. So okay. I'm going to work that into that one of the future shows, definitely. Um, and we've talked about a lot and we've already you've given us so much good information already. And again, guys, I do recommend the Lumen device. Um, we talked about metabolic flexibility. We know what it is now. So I'm not even going to worry about asking that question. We talk about it versus calorie restriction. So let's talk. Let's talk about the keto diet because then I, on my three prong test is about how you feel, right? And then, so a lot of people try keto and they start to feel terrible. They start to feel bad from the beginning. Not saying keto is bad, but you know, they have to keep, but you have the keto flu and so on and so forth, right? So, what, Maria, are your thoughts on the keto diet? Okay. I think the main thing 
that I didn't realize about keto until I did Lumen was that Lumen is trying to navigate you to become efficient as a carb burner and a fat burner. And that that way, the body becomes really efficient at using the right fuel for the right requirements. So in other words, if the body needs carbs, it will use carbs if you've got carbs stored or you've eaten some carbs. Actually, if you're sleeping, it doesn't need fast energy. So fat is good to burn. If it's low intensity, fat is good to burn. If you've used all your carb stores, fat is good to burn. So the whole thing around metabolic flexibility, best fuel for the right requirements, and the body starts to learn what is best. So in other words, like I said, if you go to sleep, but you've had carbs, it can switch to burning fat because it's learned, it's created that neural pathway. Fat is what I burn when I sleep. And that's why I love where I'm at now because 14 months of training it, now it goes, yeah, I'm gonna burn fat. Even though you had carbs at tea time, I'm still gonna burn fat. So switch over to keto. Keto is high protein, is obviously a good level of protein and high fat and very low carb consistently so it will press you into burning your fat stores and you will lose weight it's very effective for helping people with weight loss i think it's very effective as well because it it reduces some of that inflammatory stuff because a higher fat diet does however listening to your nutritionist lady emily the other week you know she talked about the importance of having that mix in the diet um I think that we're we kind of designed to have both. So although keto might be helpful short term, I'm I wouldn't recommend it long term because your body gets used to it starts to create a new pathway, it starts to create a new way of operating when you keep repeating what you're doing. So if you repeat protein and fat, protein and fat, protein and fat, protein and fat, hardly any carbs, it goes right we're not going to have any carbs anymore. So we're going to get very good with the fat, fat deal. And we only now need to use fat to have energy. So as soon as you reintroduce carbs, now this is not for everybody. This doesn't happen to everybody. I'm sure some people retain an ability and it also depends on the length of time that you do keto for. But I see people in the looming community coming from the keto context and when they have a boost day, when they eat carbs, their bodies don't switch to burning those carbs, which means their body's doing something else. Basically, it's storing those carbs and it can only store the carbs up to a point as glycogen or in the muscle tissue before it actually has to convert the carbs into fat. So you're back in the space of you reintroduce carbs, your body's kind of not forgotten, but it has forgotten how to oxidate and you will give the science better than a radio where you talk about the digestive enzymes because basically it's it's stopped producing them or it's not producing them in the in the amount of quantity that it needs to to break down carbs efficiently and so it doesn't break them down it just stores them so whilst keto has got some benefits i wouldn't recommend it to anybody long term because it undermines your body's ability to do to use both energy sources. And I think the other thing is there are some really good carbs out there. And I know that keto isn't no carb, but it is pretty low carb. Um, and I think there's things that we we get nutritionally from certainly certain fruits and vegetables that are really important in the diet. And 
if you do keto in the purest way, then you're eliminating that. I think paleo is probably a more um, is a more sustainable approach if you really want to go very pure, because paleo is much more about, isn't it, what you can kill, pick, or grow, as I understand mm-hmm. it. Uh, and I think you're still getting the benefits then of the good carbs. I do think that our society has made us carb centric, which is not mm-hmm. helpful. Western the Western diet is littered with carbs. So and bad car- lots of bad carbs as well. Um mm-hmm. so I can see why keto is appeals to people, but I also think no, you need to get the carbs in your diet, but you just need to get them in at the right times, the right quantities, and um and eat them at the right times of day too. That's really good. The episode right after this one is going to be a solo show. So you guys, you get to listen to me, guys and women, guys and women. I was about to have a saying that. You get to listen yeah. to me talk for the whole time. Yeah, yeah, wow. There we go. And it's going to be on keto diet versus metabolic flexibility. And I'm going to break down the good and the bad of each of them. So you understand what you're working with. The very next episode after this one. Wow. But I'm going to give everybody a little preview here. So with keto, like you said, it has a lot of benefits and it can train your body to break down fat for fuel. But let's say I'm walking about this scenario. In the beginning, you don't have enough enzymes to break down fats, but you have a lot of amylase to break down carbs. So your body's running great on carbs. You're all good, right? Then you go on keto and eat a bunch of fat. Well, then what's going to happen to that fat in the beginning? You're gonna, actually, your body can't break it down and use it because you don't have enough lipase to do so. So it turns to triglycerides in the blood. It can raise your cholesterol levels. Store as fat around your muscles. So it can create muscle um, lipodystrophy, for example, and so many other issues because your body doesn't have the right enzymes to break down the fat. Now, eventually we'll get there if you stay on keto. So it's okay, I can deal with this for a little while, but eventually when somebody gets enzymes, I'm all good to go. Well, yeah, but then you're going to plateau because your body can only have so much lipase. You're never going to be a 100% lipase, no matter how long you stay on keto forever, right? You're going to have some carbon enzymes, at least from every study I've ever seen. Um, But you're going to plateau to the point to where, yes, okay, eating so much fat, but your body cannot continue to break down that much fat anymore. So then the science explains that you can start storing some of it again. It may not translate as body weight necessarily, but it can lead to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Again, muscle lipodystrophy. And so many things can happen. So that's why when I, I've had um, guests on the show and uh, dietitians that don't like keto for those reasons, can they say, okay, you know, you're eating a bunch of fat, but then you already have so much fat in your body, it doesn't work well. It's all about context. And in that episode, I'm going to break down that context in both. But I just want to give you a little preview of that. So there's benefits to both. Um, So with that being said, actually, before I continue, do you have anything to add? No, I think that's brilliant. I didn't know some of that about the um, the lipase. I mean, you a bit about the lipase, but I didn't realize that you you didn't have enough lipase potentially to to break down fat at the beginning. Uh, It's interesting. Because I think before the episode, we were talking about, um, or maybe I mentioned it during the episode, but uh, we were talking about humans are actually born with the most um, amylase than all mammals on the planet, 
right? And that and there are things that can adjust that based on what you've eaten over time, your culture, the way you train, so on and so forth. And that's why Lumen is so is so great. But then if you not, especially with this low carb diet that they've been pushing on us for, I mean, it's a low fat diet, they've been pushing on us for the last 30 years. You know, of course, naturally your enzymes are going to decrease because your body's not able to break it down. So they say, oh, well, fat's bad, fat's bad. Mm, not necessarily. You may not have the enzymes actually break down the fat. And that again is why metabolic flexibility is so important because once you have the correct enzymes to break down both, your body can switch between both fuels as needed. And then you're going to just feel like a rock star at that point. You'd be another Maria. Well, actually, nobody is a Maria. You'd be a lower level Maria. Maria's the top, and we all aspire to be her. No, I'm not. I'm not at 21 yet. I'm still just over 20 on the flexibility. I can't. I mean, they have put me on more carbs now, so I guess there's there's possibility that I can. I, I mean, it's the. I think it's the hormones that they definitely affect. They definitely affect my morning measurements. But I have. I have to say, I have woken up in 2021 with 90% ones and twos. That is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't think I've had a dance. Um, yeah, I don't think I've had a three. That's uh, burning fats and carbs since the beginning of October. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We all aspire to be Maria. We all <laughs> aspire to be Maria. Um, not joke. I'm not even joking because I think mine is seventeen point five or seventeen point nine now. So I'm I'm trending myself back upward now that I actually know how to use the device properly. You'll get um. So then let's talk a little bit about menopause because this is something yeah. I have no experience with, right? <laughs> so what roles do hormones play in metabolic flexibility, especially when it comes to menopause? So I think there's a couple of things. I think that the first is that um, when women get into the space of perimenopause and menopause, their estrogen levels obviously fall. Now, estrogen is really important for lots of things. And there's been lots of, you know, I was going to say scurrilous rumors. I'm going to say research that is not good, that has put people off having hormone replacement therapy. You know, all the risks, there's so many risks. Well, the risks actually are pretty small and, and actually pretty inconsequential in most cases. Um, so that's the first thing. And if you want more information about that, I recommend that you go to, in the UK, we have the menopause doctor, the Newson Health Clinic here. She's a menopause specialist and is trying to get legislation changed and she's brilliant, but there's loads of resources on her website, which is menopausedoctor.co.uk. Or if you just put in Newson Health, you'll find it. Loads of information on that. But one of the key things is as the estrogen drops, that affects brain health, heart health, bone health, probably muscle mass as well, actually. And so that is why women will start to struggle both in the space of resting metabolic rate dropping, because if your muscle mass is diminishing, you're not going to be if you've got less muscle mass, you're not going to need as many calories. So that whole metabolism thing starts to slow down. The other thing that is really key is that in our fat cells there is a tiny amount of estrogen. And because of that, when women try to lose weight in the perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause space, because the brain detects that there is a small amount of estrogen in those fat cells, it sends a signal to say, hold on to the fat cells. 
I think it was Dr. Libby Weaver's book I was reading where, where she talks about this. Dr. L Libby Weaver's written a couple of books. I really recommend her to the books are called Accidentally Overweight. She focuses on uh, nine different um, issues, gut microbiome, emotions, thyroid, liver function, stress, sleep, sex hormones as things that can impact kind of weight loss. But she talks about how the, the brain sends a signal. And so it's harder for a woman to then start to burn fat because the, there's, it's almost operating in opposition. It's saying, we need estrogen, we need estrogen, we need estrogen. You haven't got enough estrogen. You're not producing estrogen. We've got a tiny bit in the fat cells. Keep hold of those fat cells, which is why I think, you know, I went on hormone replacement therapy in December. I'd already lost about 18, 19 pounds by then. But I don't think, you know, people think if you go on HRT, it's actually going to slow your weight loss down. I think it actually, if anything, helped. Um, the other reason being that progesterone is a really important hormone for fat burning and um, your progesterone levels are also out and if you go on to HRT you have a progesterone tablet usually if you've got a womb you need to have progesterone because um, that all contributes in that whole process so you need the progesterone um, so those two hormones particularly and then I've also had the benefit of a, a prescription that is a, a new, uh, I think it's from New Zealand you can't get it in the UK um, and that's a testosterone um, drug. That sounds really, you know, <laughs> exciting. But um, it is supposed to help with, again, the kind of memory stuff, cognitive stuff, but also energy levels, uh, libido, all that kind of thing. And again, I think I didn't have that. I didn't start that until March. So um, but that's definitely helped with my energy levels because women that are going through, again, perimenopause, menopause, struggle with their energy levels, which is another reason why. Um, in the exercise space, it's really important that women don't overstress themselves because stress actually causes the body to hold on to fat. So the stress thing and the sleep thing and the hormonal balance is really crucial in the whole metabolic flexibility. And I guess the other point to make is I notice with my cycle, because I've still got a cycle, that usually the first 14 days in the month, I'm less likely to get ones, but I did have some this week, which was really unusual. Um, but that's just because your hormone levels are fluctuating. And I think the combination of both the sex hormones and the stress hormones can either play to your favor. So if you sleep really good and progesterone helps with sleep, then you are more likely to have been in that place of really burning fat. I know that when my quality of sleep is is good, um, I often wake up. That's when I wake up often with a one. And it doesn't matter how long I fasted either. I actually, nine hours, I can wake up with a one. I can wake up with a one at five o'clock in the morning. Doesn't It really doesn't make any difference. So that's when you're burning pure fat for those people that don't know what the scores are. One is, so one is burning fat. Two is burning mainly fat. Three is burning fats and carbs. Four is burning mainly carbs and five is burning carbs. And all the measurements are important. They have their place depending on what stimuli have been presented and what food, what you've had. Exactly. And what food you should eat based on what you're burning. And I just want to say something here because 
you mentioned um, one, burning fats. Keto and metabolic flexibility is not the same thing. Um, again, I'm not bashing keto. It does have its place. But I do want to say this, that when you're primarily burning fats when you're sleeping, yes, you're burning, you're breaking down fats for energy, but you're not necessarily in ketosis because no, you do not. have stored glycogen that you can use when you need, to, you need to be more physically active. And that's the importance of metabolic flexibility, again, is that you break down fats for energy when you're sleeping, when you're resting, you're working on the computer, so on and so forth. When you go cycle, you want to go play with friends, you want to go move about, and then you need that glycogen or glucose, your body has it to use. And that's the magic right there, right? I know I said lumen wasn't magic in the beginning, but that's basically where it is right there. Is there you, but your body can do whatever it needs to do when it needs to do it. That's absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. You sleep your and way to healthy metabolism, Naredo. Exactly. I've, it's so funny. I've been laughing the last couple of days. I saw a couple of people in the group <laughs> say, you know what? I feel like just uh, eating what Lumen says and just going to sleep the whole time. And I feel like I'm losing weight that way. <laughs> and goes to show too, you don't have to cardio yourself to death to lose weight. Exercise is important now. I'm a trainer. Exercise is important. Yeah. But you don't have to cardio yourself to death trying to lose weight. In fact, you no. probably end up gaining more weight in that process. No, and I think if there's women listening, you know, they say to me, lots of people say to me, oh, but Maria, you exercise so much. And I say, yeah, I exercised plenty and intensely before I lost all this weight. I eat right now. I definitely eat right now. But I think the key, the key exercise pieces for women that are kind of late 40s, early 50s are actually low intensity cardio and that can be walking a decent walk go for a walk an hour's walk is better than you know thrashing yourself and then and then the other thing is strength training doing some strength training to improve that bone density to improve that muscle mass to improve your joint health all of that that makes a huge difference thank you so much maria i mean Anybody of an earshot who listened to this interview, I, I told you in the beginning, this was going to be fantastic. And I don't even think I really sold this interview as good as it actually was because Maria and I are going to do a lot more work in the future. I'm talking about YouTube, in the Lumen group, um, Instagram. There's so much work we have to do because we need metabolic flexibility to be the forefront of what's happening. We need to teach individuals. It's not the end of the world. You don't always, yes, you may plateau, but there are things you can do. You can enjoy what you eat, still lose the body fat, still love to train, still have more energy, enjoy your life, spend time with your kids, and look fantastic. By the way, if anybody see Maria, go on her Instagram. She, has, she looks fantastic. I want to say, I don't even know, what's your Instagram handle again? It's at Maria Fox Wellness. Yes, she looks fantastic. Like she shows her <laughs> pictures all the time. It, it, it's really amazing. I, um, I do have a question. <laughs> so I'm oh, sorry, say that again. I didn't want any pictures before. <laughs> and now look where we are. So yeah. do you have any advice to someone? I know we probably already talked about it, but any advice to anyone who's tried every diet under the sun and still struggles to lose the weight? What do you have to say? So I think, I think the thing is, I think it's the nine, I'm going to just get them up, just get them up, the nine things. So there's nine things. And I know you, you hit some of these things before. So a lot of people think that weight loss is just about calories in and calories out. It just isn't that straightforward. Um, 
I've read a book called The Gut Balance Revolution by a doctor in the US. He's a doctor from, I don't know whereabouts in the States, but he's written a book called Gut Balance Revolution. Dr. Gerard Mullins, brilliant book, talks about gut bio and why it's absolutely crucial to losing weight. Dr. Libby Weaver talks about the nine factors, emotions, calories, stress hormones, sex hormones, liver function, gut bacteria, thyroid, nervous system, and insulin. And you had Emily talking about insulin the other week when she was on Emily Cornelius. She was brilliant. If you haven't listened to that podcast, you must listen to that and share it with your friends. Excellent podcast. So if you're in that space, someone who's tried every diet, I, I must admit I tried quite a few. Um, I actually did a low fat diet at the beginning of my 40s and lost a lot of weight, but then put it back on again. Um, and actually, you know, I compare because people are going, oh, yeah, but it's still very early days for you because, you know, we're still in the first 12 months. Yeah, we are. And, and I, But I really don't believe that I am going to gain, regain weight. My weight has been stable since September. It, it hovers between 67 and 68 kilos, depending on kind of where I am in my monthly cycle, really. So it's about a one and a half kilo range. The lowest I've seen it is 66.8 or nine. The highest has been 68.5. But I don't worry about that because I eat much more now. My total macros add up to around 2,080 calories. I'm on around 145 grams of protein. And then obviously the carbs and fat ratios then split depending on what day I am in the four day cycle. Because actually the way it works is if you wake up every day fat burning, you have two low carb days, a medium carb day, and then a high carb day. And then it goes back low carb, low carb, medium, high. And everybody has a unique range. So what I would say is if you're in that space, you've tried every diet. I think Lumen is definitely a game changer because it's going to help you work on that metabolic flexibility. The other things I would say is you should get your gut microbiome checked out and get your tests around your thyroid and your liver as well, because it could be that there is something else going on that is affecting you. You need to look at your sleep quality. How much sleep are you getting? Are you sleeping? You know, you really need to be sleeping more than seven hours every night. And, and people go, oh man, that sounds like a lot. Well, I sleep every night pretty much, well, definitely seven. If I have less than seven, it's a bad night. But I sleep eight, eight to nine. At weekends, I sometimes have nine on two of the nights. I certainly give myself space to have that if my body needs it. I love waking up naturally without my alarm. I have to get up really early for work. I generally wake up before my alarm goes off or around my alarm. That means that my body isn't stressed. I don't wake up in a stress mode. Um, so it's all about developing patterns that are healthy to help you create the best environment to get rid of that fat. And what Lumen will do is Lumen will give you a sit rep on what your body's doing and it will, and then you will have to look at, well, what, what, what am I doing that's making it burn carbs? What am I doing to get into that fat burn? It's all a bit about putting the pieces of your jigsaw um, together. Um, and I think the other thing is, the other thing I wanted to say about the metabolic flexibility and the weight loss thing is this isn't just about weight loss so that you, uh, you know, you just look great. You know, it is good looking good and feeling good and putting clothes on. It, it, uh, you know, my confidence has gone through the roof, really, since 
the transformation and coming out of the whole burnout thing and getting better and getting strong again emotionally physically it's all been part of the journey um but the really key thing that you need to be thinking about is actually your cellular health because metabolic flexibility helps your immune system get stronger at fighting any kind of disease and we haven't really talked about this or touched on this but you know in the metabolic coach course it talks about metabolic syndrome which is kind of the worst case scenario where your metabolism is really in a bad place but cardiovascular disease obesity um, diabetes to some degree but all these different inflammatory diseases can be reversed if you get more metabolically flexible but also if you're metabolically flexible you're more likely to prevent stuff like cancer and fight cancer because your cellular health is better because you're eating better and your overall energy is better and everything's better. Um, a friend of mine referred a couple of books to me and I haven't read them yet. One is called Never Be Sick Again and the other one is called Never Be Fat Again. It's by the same author. We'll have to look those up, Nareda. I can't remember what the author is called. Um, but the reality is you can create the best alkali kind of condition for your body to be healthy. Our bodies are made to repair themselves. And if we give them the right nutrients and create those right pathways, then we have got a recipe for, for, for greater health. 90, I think it was 90 to 95% of cancer is believed to be environmental versus genetic. So that is a huge percentage that we've got the ability to actually change by our lifestyles and impact by our lifestyles. Epigenetics. And you know what? I'm going to finish by saying this. I think the key with Maria is that she's eating carbs now and not gaining the weight back. That's the key right there. Now she's not eating a bunch of pizza and burgers and stuff, but you know, but she's eating good carbs. And well, I had pizza last week shame I, on you i had, I had nothing. we were out it's all christmas do i had two pieces of this pizza and i still woke up the next morning in fat there we go see oh, there so we go but, no yeah. don't get on lumen hoping to be able to eat pizza in the future no. that's not the whole goal no, but I, <laughs> I never ate pizza the whole way through the weight loss journey i never never ate no pizza no mcdonald's none of that junk food in fact i don't even want i don't i don't actually want that kind of food i only ate it the other week because i was really hungry and there was nothing else but you know you're right you eat the right food for health and your brain feels better everything feels better you just don't want that junk exactly and you know like you said you made about metabolism being as flexible as it is yeah you ate some pizza didn't gain the weight because no. your body and I've I've experienced that myself. I had moments where I only thing that's around me to eat was fast food. And I I'm I've gone to McDonald's before just because that's all I could eat and haven't gained a pound. This is before Lumen. That's just my yeah. knowing that my metabolism has been that flexible. Yeah. I don't go try to run it off or anything else. Let my metabolism do its do its magic. Um Lumen's put my so, up as well, Naredo. So you told I me that. Yeah. So, and, th and that's really like, that means that my low carb days now where we were zero in the beginning. So just vegetables. Now they're six, which is a hundred and no. Yeah. hundred and how many grams is it? 90. It's 90 grams. Yeah. We're just going to say it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a lot for low carb. Exactly. So there you go. It's not about starving yourself. It's not about starving carbs. It's about metabolic flexibility. And Maria, you this episode can go on for days. Yeah. So let's <laughs> so just let my audience know what's the best way to get in touch with you. Okay. What's the best way to get Lumen? And of course, make sure you let us know about your wonderful discount code. Yeah. So the best way to um, to follow me is on Instagram. And my uh, Instagram is at Maria Fox Wellness. I do have a YouTube channel as well, which is also Maria Fox forward slash wellness. If you put that in, it should come up. And then Lumen is www.lumen.me is their website. And the code to get the 15% discount is Maria. So nice and simple. Nice and simple. Thank you so much, Maria. This is a fantastic episode. It's going to be released right on time. Of course, we're going to do more work in the future and uh, you're awesome. Thank you so much for, for having me. I feel very underqualified when you have so many exceptional people on your show, but it's been a real privilege to, to share my journey and I hope we get to, to help and influence lots of people on radio. Maria, you're as exceptional as they come. You always sell yourself short. You always sell yourself short. You're, ex you're exceptional, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, coworkers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, Always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.